cuts it back 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What's up, Packers fans? Welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. Send me your thoughts, co- comments, questions, agreements, disagreements, whatever it may be. It is time to flush it and respond. Flush it and move on from week one. We're going to talk more about where that phrase came from. And we're not going to talk anymore about the week one game that the Green Bay Packers played. It's moving forward, and we're going to talk about a Week 2 matchup. They're back home hosting a Monday Night Football game at Lambeau Field. But before we jump into the Quick Slants podcast, it is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Okay, so a little sigh there because I'm still feeling a little hungover from the week one game. As I promised, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to go in depth anymore. We've already beat that to a pulp. It is what it is. We know it was a very bad performance by the Green Bay Packers. They are 0-1 and searching for their first victory in 2021. In fact, they're still searching for their first touchdown in 2021. And hopefully... They will find it. They will get it at home at Lambeau Field, at a packed Lambeau Field for the first time since the 2019 season. It will be great to have fans in the stands. I will be among them. Very much looking forward to another trip to Wisconsin and all the things that come with being there, especially being at Lambeau Field. So let's jump right in. As I mentioned, flush it and move on. Devontae Adams came out and talked to the media earlier this week. He said, we came out flat in game one. A lot of these guys understand it's one game out of 17. It's a long season. There's a lot of football still to be played. And if you're going to look like butt the way the Packers did, I guess week one might be an ideal time to do it. You've got a lot of time to recover from it and make everyone forget about it. I can promise you three months, three and a half, four months from now, if the Packers are rolling and they don't put up anywhere near as bad a performance as they did in week one through the rest of the 16 games that they have, Nobody's going to care anymore about week one. It's going to be all about what's in front of them. And hopefully that is a playoff race that is obviously very far away and a lot to happen before we start talking about that. But Devontae Adams setting the tone, letting the young guys in the locker room know, letting his teammates know, I got this. We got this. We need to respond. We need to come back. We need to be better. It was a good wake-up call. Let's get going. Aaron Rodgers talked about one of his interceptions the first one that he threw he said it was because of a double nut shot there was a shot a a hit that he took and it distracted him enough to where his throw was just not on on target to Devontae Adams ball gets picked off and if it wasn't for Elton Jenkins the interceptor would have gone all the way to the end zone potentially another pick six which is very rare for Aaron Rodgers to throw so your two leaders there, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they're ready to come back. They're ready to make a statement. Listen, I say the two of them hook up on the first play from scrimmage on a deep ball or, or Devontae leaves his dude in the dust and just rolls into the end zone. Quick 7 nothing lead, get the crowd going, get everyone pumped up, and roll. Absolutely roll. That's what I'd love to see. And I'll talk more about what I think we're going to see against the Lions at Lambeau Field on Monday Night Football in Week 2. 
as we move along a little bit in the show. But obviously, what else are these guys going to say? Yeah, oh, I'm worried. We stunk, and I don't know if we're going to be that good this year. I, I'm just as concerned as you are. I mean, th- these guys are are prideful, and as much as there's been all this crap talk about Aaron Rodgers sabotaging the Packers and doing this on purpose, there are a, a million and one reasons why Aaron Rodgers would not want to do that and is, isn't doing that on purpose. Look, I think... Jacob Westendorf on the Pick 6 podcast earlier this week said it best. Sometimes you just play like shit. The Packers just played like butt. And that's it. They just played a bad game. They weren't good. They were flat. They were not good. They were terrible. They were not a good football team last Sunday. Does that mean they're not a good football team at all? No. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet at all. But the Packers definitely didn't play well. And... The, the good news is, is that we don't have to really talk about it and worry about it anymore. It's water under the bridge. The Packers didn't play well. They looked bad. They played a bad game. Now, it was only one game, but I will say this. It was week one. You've had six months to prepare for that game. You know, it's like a band going on tour. You've had six months or, or you know, you've had six months or a year, or however long to, you know, make your first album. It, it should be pretty good. You should have should be prepared. You shouldn't come out and be surprised and look completely off kilter and off balance and not run your offense and not be who you are. That didn't make any sense at all. And I think it's the frustration is compounded by the fact that there was a lot of anticipation about the Packers from themselves, from the media, from the fan base. They were one game away from the Super Bowl. We wanted to get back to Packers football we wanted meaningful football again. We want to get the taste of the NFC Championship game loss in their own stadium out of our mouths. And we waited a long time for it. And we had every reason to think the Packers were going to start this season strong with another opening day win. They hadn't lost an opening day game since 2014. And lo and behold, they did. They lost. 0-1. So... Where do the Packers go from here? Well, they're going to play Monday Night Football. They host the Lions at Lambeau Field. And as far as what to expect, I'll just say this. Everybody, there's been a lot of talk about how the Packers are going to come out mad and boat race the Lions and steamroll over them. And that's very possible. That would be the realistic thing to expect the Packers to do after getting trounced like they did and get their butts handed to them and they've got to create some positive momentum even if it is only one week I mean well how often are we going to say it's only two weeks it's only three weeks it's only four weeks and then all of a sudden the Packers are one and three two and two not really ideally where you want to be and I'll just say this Uh, The Packers have been in this situation before and I have seen every single possible response from this, from the Packers that you can imagine. I've seen them come out and do exactly what everybody thinks and, and many people think they're going to do, run over the Lions. I have seen the Packers come out and talk about how they're going to run over their next opponent only to get their butts kicked again and look just as lost as they did the, way, the game prior. I've seen them come out and play down to a lesser opponent and have to scratch and claw and eke it out. And then it's like, well, they won, but it wasn't against a really good team, and they lost the week before, so how good is this team? And 
I've seen the Packers come out and lose a close game. They just don't make the play at the end of the game, and they, they don't win it. So any of those things are possible. And a tie. I guess the game could end in a tie. That would be pretty disappointing. Hopefully that does not happen, but anything is possible. And you can tie in the NFL, Donovan McNabb. So just know that it is very possible that that could happen. Uh, the Lions play the 49ers tough. I mean, they had a chance to possibly win that game. They didn't. They lost. All four NFC North teams lost on uh, this past weekend. So even though the Packers played terribly, they're not in any worse place than any other team in the division. So, but the Lions are going to, they're coming in and obviously they, they're smelling a little blood in the water. Packers got beat. Look, hey, why can't we beat these guys? They didn't play very well last week. If they play as badly as they did this this last game, we, we can absolutely beat them. Former Packer running back Jamal Williams will be in the house. He's in a Lions uniform. He's going to be motivated. He'll be motivated. I think the Lions are going to be motivated because they have to scratch and claw their way as the probably least favored team to win the division or win many games this season. And Dan Campbell probably wants to keep his job for as long as possible. So beating the Packers, especially on the road, would go a long way to cementing some of his long-term future. And as as far as motivation on the Packers side, I have yet to see a Packers player motivated. Nobody looked motivated last weekend, except for maybe Elton Jenkins. I mean, Elton Jenkins (laughs) made two tackles. I mean, just... Just the things that we're celebrating from the game, it was just we had to reach. We had to, the punter, Corey Bajorquez, and all those things that really we shouldn't be talking about that we that we were because there wasn't anything else to celebrate. So the Lions are going to be motivated. It's not going to be an easy game. I don't care how good you think the Packers are and how fluky and anomaly week one was. The Packers have their work cut out for them to come out. And I won't be surprised if they come out and they are down early and the Lions just come out quicker. There's just the, the, the NFL is is speed, scheme, and I think the rest of the league is starting to catch up with the Packers and what they're doing. I don't think that the Packers offense is ineffective and that it's outdated. I don't think we're talking about what we saw from the Mike McCarthy offense right before he was let go in 2018. I think Matt LaFleur still has plenty of life and gas in the tank to get the Packers to where he wants them to go. And the Packers don't lack talent. There's no shortage of talent. They didn't use it on Sunday. They didn't show it against New Orleans at all. But it's there. You can't say it's not. It's there. So we're going to see something about this team and how they respond. This is not a position that a Matt LaFleur team has had had to deal with. They've won both of their openers. They've been really, really good. And they've only lost six regular season games in two seasons. Now the talk has been when they do lose, they lose in big fashion. Okay, well, it the good news is is style points don't count in the NFL the same way they do in college. They might eventually points may end up factoring in the NFL, but a loss is a loss, whether it's by one or by forty or by thirty or whatever. So the Packers have to come out. They've got to show some moxie, and I I I think we'll see more than we saw last week. More to come when I get to my prediction at the end of the show. So in the last quick slants podcast last last show that I did I talked about a couple tipping points this season I talked about the Joe Barry defense and special teams well special teams didn't dumpster fire like 
I thought they might in week one just because I have yet to see them do anything special. There were no returns because the kicks went out of the end zone, which is what the Packers should be doing, honestly, is kicking the ball out of the end zone. And Amari Rodgers had a nice punt return, but that was at the end of the game when the Saints really could have cared less and they weren't trying. So I don't think special teams was a huge factor. Bohorquez did okay punting. He did good. He had a 60-yarder. Held on the Mason Crosby field goal. Crosby made that field goal. I know the snap was a little bit low, but Crosby made his only kick. So special teams really, you know, I could, we can let that go. There's really not much I need to say about them, and hopefully they don't become the storyline for negative reasons moving forward. The other thing I talked about was the Joe Barry defense. Uh, so far, I think it's kind of scavenging at this point. It's, it's low-hanging fruit for me to say I'm not impressed with the Joe Barry defense. But it's not just that they didn't play well and they gave up so many points. This was a decision to bring him on that has been puzzling to me since the beginning. In a, in a lot of the other shows that I've done and on Packaday podcast, when I was doing the show with Mark Echo and Paul Brittle and Matt Fralick now, and I just keep asking the same question. What do we know about the Joe Barry defense? What do we know about what he's going to do in Green Bay? How he's going to use the personnel? We have no idea. Well, I couldn't tell you how any of the personnel are really supposed to be used because no one did a darn thing this past week. At all. Eric Stokes came in and had a pass breakup. Kevin King looked like his usual self getting beat over and over again. Came up and finally pressed at the end of the game. But again, the Saints didn't care. They weren't playing hard. So it may look like he didn't give up any passes late. The Saints didn't care. So I don't know what Joe Barry is is really doing to get more out of these players. And I'm not suggesting that the defense goes rogue. And they go against what Joe Barry is calling. But even if your coach is suspect and they're not very good, your players should still be playing football. And by that, I mean you make a play. Regardless of what your assignment is, once the ball's in the air, once the ball's in the hands of the running back or in the receiver's hands, your assignment doesn't matter. Your assignment is to take down the ball carrier. Go make a play. If you see something going on and your assignment is taking you away from it, go tend to whatever is happening. And the Packers playmakers have to kind of rise above the average, the averageness, the below averageness, the the lack of a stellar resume that Joe Barry brings to the Packers. Was it nice to see him yelling and getting fired up? From from an optical standpoint, yeah. Some people relate to that. And think that that's great. I think that's just a bunch of hot air. I personally respond to that. When I played sports, I'd liked coaches who were like that. I responded to that as a player. Not every player responds to that. So is that working for your defense? Is that really what's going to make them play better? But when you've got guys like Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, who are supposed to be your your studs. Some of those guys are wearing a C on their jersey this year and did last year. You still got to make the play. When you think about some of the great defenses out there, Ed Reed and Derek Brooks, and I'm just throwing some random names out there. You know, Warren Sapp, you know, whether you like him or not. There's just Aaron Donald right now. And, you know, Crosby in Oakland. God, what a beast he is. Guys that just make 
the play. They're just there. They just they have the desire to wreck the offense and they make the play. And the same thing on offense. If you're an offensive player, make the play and wreck the defense. So if the Packers have all this talent, they should be able to overcome the scheme and the, the deficiencies of any coaching that's out there. Just go make a play. Tackle the ball carrier. Get the guy on the ground. Cover your area. And I, I also think Joe Barry might do himself a favor and um, bite the bullet and start Eric Stokes on the outside and put Kevin King on the bench. Because even if, if there's if nothing else, Eric Stokes can keep up in, in the speed department. And for all the talk about the Packers running it back and going all in, it is difficult when you insert as many rookies as they have. You've got two on the offensive line. Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and then Eric Stokes at cornerback. You're, you have to be patient with these young players. They're going to make mistakes. There's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be bumps in the road. But maybe that's you have to also assume that they're out there because the other guys are not a better option. On the offensive line, I have to assume that, that Royce Newman and Josh Myers, I guess it's Royce Newman really, are the better options out there over Lucas Patrick and John Runyon Jr., who have some experience. Now, Runyon Jr. doesn't have much more experience. He's almost like a rookie because he hasn't played. Played very sparingly last year. Lucas Patrick was supposed to be the starter. You would expect would have expected him to win the starting job, but he didn't. So Newman won the job. So the future is here. I think that, yes, we have to be patient, but I do think that the growing pains will create, and especially after getting your butt kicked like the Packers did in the first game, I think that's going to create that wide-eyed sense of urgency that this is the, the NFL. This isn't college anymore. I don't care if you played it at the great D1 school. Josh Myers played at Ohio State. They're in the national championship conversation every year. You know, these guys play D1 against some really good competition in college. This is the NFL. You got to be up every single week. Whoever the all-pro was that you faced this week, you're going to face a guy next week who's going to be different or better. They got their feet wet. They got some experience. It's week one. And now we move on to week two. And there's more to be learned and more to be developed by these young players. But they're gonna they're not gonna learn unless they're out there and they're playing. And until they're making massive mistakes and making themselves look foolish and costing the Packers very valuable yards, points, all that other stuff, they should be out there and they should be playing. They're only going to get better. And the hope is by midseason, the end of the season, they're more chiseled, they're ready, and you get into meaningful games and they do well and they play well. Right? It's hard to think about high success when two of your five offensive linemen really don't have any experience. So, and last year, the Packers didn't have to worry about that. The offensive line was an automatic. You had Corey Lindsley in there, who's an all-pro center. David Bakhtiari was not injured. Elton Jenkins was left guard. And you had Billy Turner out there at right tackle. You just, everybody was playing at, at, in the spot where they belonged. They were playing in the best, best position, the best place that they could be. So, they have to be better. They have to give Aaron Rodgers time. It was very obvious on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers is not outrunning anybody. He's not taking off and running anymore at all. He doesn't have room to run. He doesn't, he doesn't move around very well anymore. He needs time to stand in the pocket. And he's got to be willing to stand in the pocket and take the shot downfield. He's got to be willing to take what the defense gives him. He's got to be willing to play within the offense. Do the things that got him the MVP last season. Play within the offense, hit the open shots, 
the, the still shot, everybody coming in with these still shots and talking about open receivers and Aaron Rodgers missing open receivers. Yes, he did. He did miss open receivers. He missed easy throws. I'm not going to say he didn't. But sometimes with these still shots, it doesn't tell us everything unless you're watching the All-22 or you're watching the live action. Things change in a hurry. A screenshot in the NFL is is literally a microsecond. And, uh, you know, less than half a second later, the, the, the shot, the picture is completely different. So, but Rodgers needs time. He needs time to throw and he needs some confidence back there. And for whatever, for better or worse, Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that's not going to go out there and just assume that things are going to be all hunky-dory like Brett Favre did. Rodgers needs time to feel comfortable and feel good about it. And it's a pain in the butt because you wish he would just go out there and play, but he's a human being. And human nature is, is if you're not a very trusting person, then it takes time for you to build up that trust that you're not going to get killed if you stand in there another half second and throw the ball. But it is time for the Packers to step up and play a lot better. On the offensive side of the ball, it was just abysmal. Aaron Jones, five carries for nine yards. Couldn't get him going, didn't get used. The Packers couldn't run the ball. They stopped trying to run the ball. It was awful. Aaron Jones needs to have a bounce back game on Monday night. I do put some of that on him. The offensive line does need to open up some holes, and Royce Newman is supposed to be stronger as a run blocker. Well, we need to see it. Pave the way, get mad, let your guy get in the end. So maybe Aaron Jones rattles off a huge run on the first series, and the Packers are up early. Who knows? So let's kind of get to that as we kind of wrap things up here. And this is actually going to be the last show before next week, Thursday, because I'm going to be in Green Bay so the, the Monday show is going to be on hiatus because we have the big event and party at the Green Bay Distillery on Sunday, Sunday night before the game. So Sunday night, the 19th, come out to the Green Bay Distillery. If you're in the Green Bay locale, come meet us, come hang out with us. We'd love to thank you in person for all the support that everybody has given us. I'll, I'll be there. I'm very excited. Our Game On Wisconsin crew is going to be there. I know Jacob Westendorf will be there. Paul Brettel. Todd Varney, despite the fact that Todd's going to be there, please come out anyway. You know, it's the, the Freezer Podcast, guys. It's I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of people out there in person that I've never met before. This is a tight-knit family, and we're about to get tighter. And we want to meet you and say thank you to everybody. So please come out to the distillery and hang out with us. That starts at 3 o'clock Lambeau time on Sunday, September 19th. Come check it out. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up here with a, with a prediction. And I'm not going to go full, you know, those of you who followed me for a long time on Twitter know that I used to be kind of a pain in the butt tweeter and it was a, a tough, uh, there's tweet, there's that word tweeter, a little ode to Mike McCarthy there. And I would drive people crazy with my negativity, which I used to call realistic takes, but really it was, it was kind of just, you know, assuming the negative and then just, you know, it was, it was Debbie Downer action. I'm not going to predict that the Packers are going to get blown out. Uh, I'm not even going to predict that the Packers are going to lose because I just can't bring myself to do it. I think that would be going too far the opposite direction. That said, I will not be surprised if either of those two things happen. And you can say I'm crazy. It's Jared Goff, the Lions. They're not very good. The Packers are at home, all those things. Listen, we were saying all the same things about the Packers getting ready to face the Saints. This is going to be a pseudo-home game. The Packers are supposed to play on the road. They're avoiding the Superdome. It's Jameis Winston. He's thrown a ton of interceptions. The Packers' defense is going to be lights out. Joe Barry's got him. He's going to be a, a, he's going to be a good thing for them. This is going to be a great defense. I said the Packers were on the cusp of being a top-10 defense. All those things. 
and they got their butts kicked. Didn't score a touchdown, lost by 35 points. So it is very possible that regardless of who is playing, I don't care if it's the Cincinnati Bengals who beat the Minnesota Vikings this past weekend, by the way, which was glorious. They can beat the Packers if the Packers play like they did last week. I predict that the Lions strike first. And we're all sitting here asking ourselves, how did we get here? How are we still looking at a Packers team that can't get it together? And I think much like we saw two seasons ago when the Lions were beating the Packers early in the season, it was also a Monday Night Football game, that they were able to rise up, come back, somebody steps up and makes a big play. In that game, it was Alan Lazard. Who will it be this time? Is it going to be Devontae? Is it going to be MVS? Does Randall Cobb make a huge play? Is it Aaron Jones? Is it A.J. Dillon? We'll find out who it is that's going to make the big play to spark this team. And I do think that the Packers will pull it out. I think the Packers win by less than a touchdown. It's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to get out of hand, out of reach. I think the Packers win but it's not going to be a relaxing type game where they get a big lead and everybody just goes and makes some extra trips to the concession stand. So don't know what the score is going to be, but I've got the Packers riding the ship a little bit, evening it out at one and one. They get a big win in front of the sold out Lambeau field, get the home crowd back on their side, quiet some of the critics. And then they have to get ready to play a big road game on Sunday night football in San Francisco against the 49ers the following week. That's going to be tough, but that's where it's that's what it's going to come down to. And imagine the Packers do what I say and they win on Monday. And if they can go out and they can get a road win at San Francisco, it's possible. I think that fixes a lot of things. We've heard it said many, many times. Winning fixes a lot of things in the NFL and in sports. That's no different. That the winning is going to fix a lot of things. And you go out and you beat the Lions, and especially if they they beat the Lions convincingly, they get a win against the Niners on the road. I think week one goes gets safely put in the rearview mirror. But the Packers have to be ready. They have to be ready. And the coaching staff has to be ready. And the coaching staff has to be willing to play the guys that are going to make the plays, play the guys that are going to make the impact. And I'm talking to you, Joe Barry, and I think you know what area of your defense I am referring to. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Quick Slants podcast, this edition of the Quick Slants podcast, heading into a week two of the 2021 season. Once again, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perone. Tweet me your questions, thoughts, comments, agreements, disagreements, all that other stuff. Come out to the Green Bay Distillery and see us. Would love to say hello. If you have any messages you want me to deliver to anybody else and you can't be there, Send me a direct message. Send me a tweet. Let me know. I hope to get a chance to see everybody more. So I hope that the Green Bay Packers get a chance to turn things around. And we're talking about, finally, a Packers victory in week two against the Detroit Lions. Thanks, everybody, for riding along. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the Monday night football game. As always, be safe and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left. Cutting left to the 50. To the 45-40. Track down from behind. 